All right, welcome to uh, PT Pinecast. Before we get started, this is a little bit of a different feel to it. Uh, we are taking the approach of taking an entire month of content, month of November, and turning it onto a singular focus. And we're calling it Niche Vember. Now, the focus is niches, niches within the physical therapy profession. But of course, as soon as we go niche, we're going to go, actually go into many focuses. So we're telling nine stories of different niches within the physical therapy profession. We uh, we we got to this uh, this idea from Twitter, from social media. So many people talking about so many different things that they do in the profession. We said, man, we got to start telling some of these stories. So buckle up all this month on Niche Vember. That's what we're doing. Uh, this being the first episode, we decided to add to that, and this is what we're talking to uh, to the audience. We're talking to you right now. We've got a contest going on. Link in our bio on any of the social media platforms, and you can enter this contest at ptpinecast.com. We're calling it the, uh, well, Niche Vember Contest. I know, we're so good at naming things. The idea is we're going into niches, and if you're going into a niche in physical therapy, well, you should probably need to get noticed. So we're teaming up with our friends at Dot .physio. They have uh, domain names that all end in dot .physio instead of .com or .org. You get it? Dot .physio. Uh, so Glenn, our friend over at dot .physio, said, listen, how about we put together a prize package? And once we started adding it all up, it got to about almost $1,700 worth of stuff. So number one, you're going to get a, a domain name. Whatever you want, dot .physio. You'll get some email addresses that go along with that. So you could have like your name at your, you know, dot, your dot Visio domain, uh, a website built for you. And then we're going to help you even further. Uh, Christine Walker, she's a PT, but also is like this website expert. She runs PT website X, uh, secrets. And uh, Cody is also a physical therapist, also a copywriter. So you get an hour consultation with both of those people. So, Domain name, email addresses, website, and then consultation to help you build the website with Christine Walker. And Cody's going to help you with copy. So to get you on your way to building your niche in physical therapy, maybe you get an idea from this month's content. So uh, jump to ptpinecast.com to enter that contest that is going on all November long. Uh, pretty excited for that. So 10 winners getting a prize pack worth 1700 bucks a pop. So jump on there. Uh, do want to say thank you to our sponsors. Without our sponsors, the show would not be on the air. Uh, want to say thanks to our friends at MW Therapy. Some more coming up from uh, Sharif and MW Therapy. Uh, an EMR is to a physical therapist as a hammer is to a carpenter. You, you deserve to love using yours. MW Therapy delivers a modern all-in-one outpatient EMR with the built-in apps and things that you need at a great value. MWTherapy.com, where switching your EMR is easy. Uh, Jackson Therapy Partners, if you're thinking about travel PT, well, Jackson Therapy Partners providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. JacksonTherapy.com. And CBDRX for you, that is your CBD store. Get the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. All right, let's get this niche member thing going. First up is our friend... Kate McGee comes back on the show. We're getting inside esports medicine. This one's all right. You ready to go? Yep. Uh, Kate, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. You are episode number one in a month long of this thing we're calling Niche Vember. 
I like it. And this is how it came about. I wrote a Twitter thread or I wrote a tweet. I think it was a tweet. Yeah, just one tweet. And I said like, hey, like I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter more than I should be. And I'm noticing all these people talking about niches within our profession. And I was like, these are an inch wide, but a mile deep in terms of like where these rabbit holes go. And I'm like, this is cool. We should do, I would like to learn more about this. And whenever I think I want to learn more, I grab a microphone and I start talking to people. So I, I, I we add in a tweet. I just said, tell me about your niche. And people started throwing out stuff that I'd never heard of. And I was like, this is going to be crazy. Right. And it was sort of the, it was sort of that um, feeling that I had in my stomach when we were standing on the road in Arlington together, like five, it was like five years ago, I think. Right. Cause we've been, yeah. and we did our first episode with you and you were like enlightening me about esports, And I was like, I just did a lot of this. Like what? Like th these are not advanced interview questions. What? Wait, huh? But that's sort of how I was reacting, right? Yeah. Learning about esports. So anyway, this idea of niche member was born where the only episodes we're release, le releasing in November are going to be focused on niches. Um, so we'll bring guests on. And people might say, but Jimmy, you've already covered esports. Kate's been on multiple times. But here's the cool part I think about your niche and niches in general is they're going, they change. They either change and evolve or they dis disappear. Right. Um, so I wanted people, in case they didn't hear that first episode with you, I wanted you to be my safe kickoff and and stepping off point. You're my safe space. You're I appreciate safe, being your you're safe, my safe niche. Um, into niches. So the question, the first question I'll be asking people is, uh, how do you just, how do you describe this niche that you've carved out for yourself or discovered because someone else carved out and you've sort of just made yourself cozy in this niche? Oh, no, how I do you describe this your one. Uh, I'm one of, I'm one of like three people who carved this one. You were there doing, first. Yeah, I was one of the first three. Uh, when I started doing esports, there was two PTs on the West Coast that did this and I didn't know either of them. Uh, and we just all kind of did it at the same time. And then now we all work together. That's cool. Um, so how do I describe to people when I talk about esports? Uh, sometimes I have to explain what esports is. Yes. Which is simply defined as competitive video game playing. Uh, which sidebar, I really think that one of the worst things we ever did for esports was letting it be named esports because then that comes with all kinds of baggage about oh, it's like traditional sports, but just sitting down. Not quite. No. Uh, but it's okay. It's already stuck, so we're we're working with it. Um, it also does give us the very handy moniker of esports medicine, which sounds like something people are somewhat used to. Yes. Um, also makes it easier for me to convince the APTA that we should totally have an esports special interest group and it belongs under like sports or ortho. Mm -hmm. um, I usually start by explaining that it's competitive video game playing and then they're like, oh, I bet they all have carpal tunnel. And then I'm like, no, none of them have carpal tunnel. They all have tendinopathy, <laughs> back injuries. Um, and then it gets into like, you know, a kind of niche explanation of why they have the different injuries that they have. But if I'm trying to do my 30 second elevator pitch, I just explained to people that esports is a static endurance activity that requires a lot of postural muscle use and repetitive, precise motion. Uh, and given that it's a competitive activity, of course, it involves some degree of physical therapy to make people perform at their best. Boom. That's a really good definition. Now blow my mind again. You did this a couple years ago, so the numbers are going to be different, but like, what are some stats you can like blow people, just blow people's faces off with like okay. how many gamers and how long they play. And like those things just made me go, oh, what? Uh, so there's the, the gaming market at this point is, is massive. Um, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about like us alone, um, we've probably got, and we're in the multiple billion range at this point. Um, of players or 
yeah, just gamers, just people yeah. who play video games. And so like there, there is the issue of sometimes people conflate gaming with esports. Esports is like NFL. Gaming is like your weekend leagues or right. like pickup games. Me. Me. You're still doing the movements. You're still putting your body under some degree of strain. You still have to understand how the game works. You just might be better at understanding how the game works if you're in the NFL. Got it. Um, and that also fits in terms of the very, very, very small number of people who are actually good enough to go pro in esports. It's it's equivalent to the very small number of people who are good enough to go pro in the NFL or the NBA or any other traditional sports market. Um, but I mean, there's the market for gaming is huge. Um, it only grew over the pandemic, unsurprisingly, as we were all stuck inside for a long period of time. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, one of the easiest ways to kind of give an estimate of how legitimate esports is as a competitive industry uh, is talk about money. Uh, one of the, one of the kind of the tier one esports, um, Dota 2, which is like a 5v5 base capturing type game. It's very similar to League of Legends, which more people have heard of sometimes. Um, Dota puts on the international every year. It's kind of like the World Cup of Dota. Uh, every year, Valve puts up, the, the developer, the game developer, puts up $3 million towards the prize pool. The remainder of the prize pool is crowdsourced. It's crowdsourced by people buying a battle pass, which gives you in-game items. 25% of the proceeds of the battle pass go towards the prize pool. 75% goes towards Valve. Those numbers are important and relevant, I swear. Last year's International had a prize pool. The prize pool, remember, starts out at $3 million from Valve. Mm -hmm plus 25% of all the Battle Pass purchases. The total prize pool was $41 million. Wow. So wait, do the math for me. So 25% of, 40, what was it, 47? Oh God, you're going to ask me to do permutations and combinations and statistics. This is well, the part that I was what we're saying is like, like, what was the total again, 47? 41. 41? Yeah, so, so 38 once we take out Valve's contribution. $8 million. $8 million represents 25% of what people spent on the game that year. Wow. <laughs> So spend a lot of money on games. There, yes. What they did was spend money, but what they did was like they're invested. I mean, yeah. that's why you said that there's an important. There's a reason you're telling us that twenty five percent is like right. they are fully invested and willing to put their money where their mouth was. And I mean, so part of it too is like if you really enjoy playing this game, you're probably going to enjoy a lot of the in game items that are available to you. They're things like you know, new kind of costume design or skin right. for your Skins. character, things like that. Um, new voice lines that you can play when, like, when you get a kill, you can play the voice line you know, of like somebody right. that you like to listen to as a commentator. Um, you know, all kinds of fun things like that. So it's it's a massive industry, um, and the esport industry in particular is continuing to grow. We've got you know franchise leagues in in multiple game titles at this point. Um, we've got continued development from the developers to kind of reiterate or called it patching the game. Um, so things are rebalanced all the time in order to make the game more competitive and more more balanced um, and more viable. Um, and we've got a lot of like just community grassroots efforts to make these competitive spaces where people who like to play this game can all play it together. Wow, that's crazy. All right, now now blow people's minds because I think I made you repeat this the first time you were on Michelle. Mm -hmm. Um now we're talking about the NFL level players, like like the the, the highest level, the top 0.1%, whatever you want to call them. How long are they practicing, like you know, per per day or how often? Like you you gave me some of those stats. Like these athletes, it's getting better <laughs> because it's of better. what you. <laughs> well, not just me. I don't get to take credit. Um, so 
it used to be that a lot of people really kind of followed what we called the Korean model of grinding. Um, and, and that's, that's not a slight on Korean players. It was, there was a time when the best players in the world consistently were from South Korea. Um, and the practice model that they had was you played for like 12 to 16 hours a day. That's insane. Which anyone who works in performance science might recognize as a less than optimal amount of time to spend doing literally anything in anything. a day. Cause at some point you're going to start getting diminishing returns. And that point is like at six hours. Um, that's improving. Um, a lot of the teams that we work with now in particular, um, it's no longer just, I'm going to play for 12 hours in a day. It's okay. I'm going to play for six to eight hours. And some of it is going to be like sandboxing or like just practicing mechanical skill. And some of it is going to be scrimmaging or scrimming. Um, but teams now also build in. And I think this is a, this was a thing that was really huge for kind of the, the growth of, um, like esports competition, and this happened. This was not us. We don't get to take full credit for this again. But a lot of teams now will do VOD review. Like they'll they'll take their videos and they'll review them the same way hey. that you know, like when you've got three a days in football, one of your sessions yeah. is usually video reviewing. We do that in esports now. Uh, one of the really cool things we do, we have um, two psychologists who work with us. When we have them work with teams, they'll also do the VOD review, but they're not looking for you know the the correct plays or like the right movements. They're listening for communication. They're listening to you. Were you communicating effectively? Were you using flinch words? Like, you know, were you just like cursing or exclaiming something? Um, you know, did you did you get tilted? Did you get anxious or stressed? Um, were you losing the efficiency of your language because of your anxiety? Was there someone who redirected your stress? Was there somebody on your team who's capable of settling you guys down and refocusing you? Um, which has been really cool. Uh, and players are starting to see the value in that as well. That's cool. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more teams that aren't just these are the five best players in the world at their roles. We're seeing a yeah. lot more teams that are these are the five people who play together cohesively. Individually, right. none of them is the single best person at the thing that they do, but as a team, they're fantastic. It's the 1980 U.S. ice hockey. It's miracle, yes. It's miracle on ice, right? Where everybody's looking at Herb Brooks going, these are not the best players. He goes, my job isn't to play, find the best, the, best the best players. The best players. The best, best team. team. Right. Um, and just like the most ball condition team. Again. Yes. And, and I also saw, you know, a lot of effort. I think there was something on ESPN about one of these teams, like talking about the facilities that they're in. Yeah. Their nutritionists and their ex and now putting yeah. in I am, exercise. I am morally obligated because we have one on our staff to remind you that most of the time it's registered dietitians, not nutritionists. Who oh, did I say nutritionists? I actually know that. I can't believe it's my, my bet. I actually know that. I've actually I know. I have, to, I, have, I have to do it for Casey. Casey's a registered dietitian, and uh, I, I aim to protect his uh, job's integrity. I, as I apologize, Casey. <laughs> but also bringing uh, sleep, nutri uh, sleep, nutrition, exercise. Yeah. Uh, psychology, as you mentioned, where these athletes are now being treated like high level, these high level athletes are now being treated like high level athletes. Right. And I mean, if, and even if like people want to like, you know, get a little bit concerned about the use of athletes to talk about esports, fine, we'll call them high performers. Um, because, you know, the same, the same principles apply not just right. for, for sports players, but, you know, also for folks who work at highly stressful jobs, air traffic controllers, folks who, you know, perform on a stage regularly with repetitive hand movements like musicians. Um, you don't have to be an athlete to be a high performer, but you That's do probably have to address high performers with all of those things, right? With the sleep, the nutrition, you know, dealing with kind of performance anxiety and the actual physical function. All of those things are necessary components of being a high performer. All right. So we've talked about that a little bit. That's, that's, you know, esports in a nutshell. Well, yeah. no, it's larger than a nutshell. Let's talk about your story. How you, 
let's talk about your story, how you started. I want to, I want to do like one of those, how it started and how it's going. Those mm -hmm. like, you know, those two pictures, right? Oh, sure. So, so talk about how it started. And then I want you to talk to people. Cause I think the people listening now are like either, Oh, that's cool. That's cute. Or, Ooh, I want to get into this. So they're going to want to know where you started and then tell us like, what's it like now? Where's it go? Where is it? And then where it's going. Uh, so where it started for me at least was, uh, we'll skip over the backstory of where I just did data science stuff because that's actually not the most interesting part. Uh, the first PT thing I did in esports was I sent a Twitter DM to a tournament organizer in Arlington, Virginia. I was like, Hey, I see you have a tournament happening here. Can I do PT at it? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, can I have a booth? And I'll offer to like, you know, do ergonomics consults and help people with their hands. And he was like, yeah, sure. You can use it. You can have a booth for free. I was like, great. I didn't charge anybody anything. I uh, had like a, I had my electric kettle that I was using to reheat my reheatable hand warmers. So that while people, after people had the, you know, gotten work done, they could have like a little bit of like warm hands time. So everybody loves that. Um, I set up a booth in this tiny corner of the tournament. Most of the reason players came over was because it was a quiet space and I agreed to just let them sit there quietly as long as they let me assess their posture. Um, somebody stole some of my hand warmers at one point. Won't call him out by name. He knows who he is. Uh, he's never going to listen to this. <laughs> it's one of my players. I give him shit for it all the time. Uh, and the only, that was, that was my first thing. The first thing that I did was pro bono. The second thing that I did was a tournament that was also in Virginia where I asked the tournament organizers for basically, I'll be there for eight hours and I'll charge you $40 an hour because that was what I was making at the hospital at the time. Um, and they were like, yeah, that's within our budget. We can do that. To be fair, this was a grassroots organization that did not have much more budget than that. And that's okay. Oh. Uh, so that's where it started. Uh, where it transitioned to was using my full-time hospital job to subsidize my ability to travel to tournaments. I don't think that I broke even in terms of how much I spent on traveling to esports events to do work and get paid for that work until about three years into doing it. Which is normal uh, for most businesses, actually. That's yeah. like what they teach you in business school. Yeah. Um, I teamed up with Matt who in 2017, also a physical therapist. He's based in California. Um, since 2017, we have doubled our year over year revenue for one HP, our company every single year. This year we're on track to quadruple it. Wow. Um, we are now the, uh, kind of multidisciplinary health performance team that works with nine different tier one organizations. Um, we have very little churn in the sense that I think we've had like one team. We currently have eight recommitments from the teams that we had contracted last year. The only one we don't have a recommitment from yet, they're just waiting on their budget projections for the year to figure out which tier of services they're going to they get. See, whatever value you promise them, they yeah. have seen that and more yeah. and said, you can't leave. Yeah. And uh, average contract amount for tier one teams is about 80,000. Um, wow. Average contract value for tier two teams is like closer to like 12 to 20. Um, once you get down to tier three, it's like 2000. Um, but one of the things that we really want to do is we want to have like kind of top down, bottom up approach of making sure that esports is high performance for everybody. So we find a way to make it work for even the smaller teams. Um, we started out with two PTs. We are now at six PTs, an, uh, an occupational therapist, two psychologists, one of whom is in Australia and specializes in sleep behavior, a registered dietitian, 
and then a couple of like independent contractors who are PT and phys- and personal trainer roles. Wow. So that's where you are now. That's so where we are now. So hold, let's pause here. Let's like inhale and exhale and be like, wow, did you see this? I mean, you obviously saw it coming, but does this look like what yourself at year, you know, carrying around your electric kettle? Like, did you see this this fast? I, so here's the thing about why I work really well with Matt. I am bad at big vision. I am bad at endpoints. I am bad at projection. I am great at logistics and specificity. And how do we get from point A to point B when somebody points out where point B is? Um, Matt is great at vision. Matt is great at long-term, where do we want to get to? What's going to look like lofty ideals? Um, I joke sometimes that one of my roles uh, in our company is the uh, chief balloon popper. Um, when it comes to like, you know, a balloon that's been inflated a little bit too big and maybe we need to dial back our idea a little bit, but that works out really well. You need someone who has vision and you need someone who has logistics. And so we complement each other really well. So no, I never pictured this, but that's because that's not something that my brain really does. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So where's this? So I'll ask, where's, where's this going then? And you just gave us, you know, you doubled your, and and those are just like, you know, ridiculous. So, so we kind of have a problem in esports right now of, we have a lot of teams that need these services and not enough people to provide them. Like we're running out of people to provide them. Yeah. At our company. We're like, how many hours do we have in a day and a week and a month? Okay. Can we do this one? Or do we have to say you no? Scale that. Um, and so it's, it's scalable to a point with the people that we have, but we also recognize that for this to be a long-term sustainable thing, we need to scale more. Um, so we kind of created a problem and then we decided to create the solution to our own problem and this creation of this solution to the problem was also partly, you know, inspired by the fact that I keep getting PT students ask me, how do I get into esports? And I can't really give them the answer of, well, be one of the first three people in there and then just do it for three years paying for it. That's not an actual no, entry ramp. So we decided to make an entry ramp. And the entry ramp is we are creating a continuing education program. Yeah. So we're, we're, calling it. It, uh, we're calling it EPI, the Esports Health and Performance Institute. We have absolutely called it that in part so that when we give out people, when we give people a certification, they have an epic certification. Ah. That was deliberate. That Wait, was if you guys market, if you guys market with pens, are they epi pens? <laughs> they are now. <laughs> like, uh, this is why I'm calling your show, Jimmy. Not <laughs> there we go. I was a little late with my own rim rim shop and I got it in there. It's okay. That's it was cool. a pun, so like people needed to give you like that moment of death glare before you get the laughter. It was it was well timed. There we go. Uh, so yeah, so we're we're learning all about the process of submitting for continuing education credits across the U.S. Which uh, shout out to our occupational therapy brethren. The AOTA certifies things centrally, and it's wonderful. Way easier, yeah. Uh, APTA you should get on that. It'd be great. Yeah. Right now we're going state by state, um, but we're creating kind of four tracks. We have a foundations track, which is basically your crash course intro to esports. It's about how, what are the games that people play? What is the equipment that they play it on? What are the demographics? What's what's the culture like in esports within each of these games? Um, what kind of things do you need to know about just in terms of what to look for for ergonomics? How do you do a remote assessment of someone? Because a lot of your players are going to be remote. Um, so it's kind of the the big picture stuff for esports of how do I even get in here in the first place? Then we get more specific. We're going to have a medical track, which is going to be very much musculoskeletally slanted. Um, it's going to be a lot of anatomy and pathophys. It's going to be breaking things down by body region. So let's go over common shoulder injuries in esports. Let's go over common hand injuries, common neck injuries, et cetera. Um, 
we have um, like a special course that goes along with that one of how to conduct a telemedicine assessment, which at this point, I think a bunch of us have done, um, but there's there's definitely ways we can improve. I just mm -hmm. saw a new research paper come out on that the other day, and I'm really excited to read it. I'm a research geek. Uh, we have a performance track, which is going to be focused on how to provide uh, sleep, nutrition, uh, and uh, kind of like some of the performance uh, mindset type stuff to players. It is not a formalized, like we're not replicating a, a, a performance psychology degree program by any means. That's designed more for if you are someone who works in esports, either as like a coach or as a musculoskeletal medicine professional, and you want to be more well-rounded and you want to be able to talk to your players about nutrition and sleep and mindset, here's where you go. Here's the stuff you learn for that. And then eventually we want to create a coaching track, like basically how to be head coach, because most coaches in esports are just retired players, which makes them really good at understanding their game. Doesn't necessarily make them great at being Herb Brooks. Correct. Yeah. Coaching is, a, it's a skill, right? It's not a talent. You can be it's talented, management. But, you, but you need a, you need to develop your skills. Yeah. You so need to not just be good at the game. You need to be understanding of like the whole culture around how to play. If there are humans involved, you need to understand more than just the game that they're playing to understand the yes. humans. So you keep saying, um, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're recording in September of 2022. When is this yes. going to be? When can people, you know? So Foundations is actually, we just finished our beta test. Um, we are doing our last round of edits now. Foundations should be launched by the time this is actually live. Nice. Um, and we are expecting to launch the medical track in January of 2023. So if folks are really jazzed listening to this and you want to get into esports, good news. It's probably already up online and you can look for it. Uh, and the medical track is coming in about two months. Where are we going to send them? What's the what's the website? We are epi.org, E-H-P-I.org. Uh, my cat is making an appearance on camera, as is her want, because she has a cat. Also, by the time November rolls around, she'll have a brother. Nice. I'm rescuing another cat. So you sort of solved you sort of solved uh, or answered the question you know if someone wants to get into esports you saw the path and you created it. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, this is not the only path into esports. We're certainly not trying to set ourselves up as gatekeepers of you must take our course in order to be prepared for esports. Right. But if you're trying to get into esports and you're not entirely sure like what do I need to know and you know how do I speak competently and and how do I make this easier as I transition in. That's what we want this to be. We want this to ease the path a little bit. What are we going to be when we do niche November uh, five years from now in 2027? Because I'll probably still be podcasting. Because why wouldn't I? Why not? Um, what are we? What are we? Get, what's one or two things that we're going to be talking about that has happened in five years that made us go, "Wow, we didn't see that coming." In fact, we I didn't see it coming. Obviously, Kate, if you're answering, you. Oh, well, we're talking about esports specifically. I think uh, VR and mobile are kind of the two biggest things. Well, all right. So I think, I think my two answers to that are certain types of games, like your VR and your mobile games, I think we're going to see a big explosion in that. Maybe even in like AR, augmented reality type games. The other thing that that I'm absolutely seeing coming right now is I think we're going to have uh, NCAA regulated esports leagues. Yeah. That'd be I would cool. like them to not be NCAA regulated. Because Why? Because <laughs> uh, they're great gatekeepers of things. They are, they are gatekeepers of things and they don't understand esports at all. Like a lot of people in the collegiate space are just like, oh, people spend lots of money on video games. We should have an esports team. 
I want I want to do something with that. And they, well, they, there are they, clubs, right? They're, com- they're competitive. Well, there's not just clubs. There's varsity programs. There's scholarships mm. for esports now. There's some schools that do it really well. But interestingly, the schools that are doing it really well right now are not your big old D1 schools. They're like the tiny little D2 and D3s. Um, the issue that we're having a, a lot of is just administration not understanding what it takes to make an esports program run well. We've got a lot of people in colleges who who understand gaming and esports and who are really passionate about it and who just don't have the funding to do it. But I think over the next couple of years, we're going to have the funding there. And I think we're going to see an explosion of growth in the esports collegiate scene. All right. Um, are you ready to do three questions? We do three questions on the show. Excellent. Yes. Right, here we go. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. If you want to open your own PT practice, that could be daunting. If you want to sell your practice that you've had for a long time, that could be daunting. Uh, know this, on average, a private practice that joins the physical network grows more than 40%. That's not bad. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. They spell it funny. It's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. Um Three things. Three, let's 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 make it specific to esports. What are three things everybody who's out there who's going to take your 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 course? They're going to take all four modules. Mm-hmm. What are three things that they should know before they begin this life in esports? Okay, very first thing. Esports is spelled if it's at the beginning of a sentence, capital E S P O R T S. If it is not at the beginning of a sentence, it is lowercase e S P O R T S. There is no uppercase S. There is no hyphen in there. It is all one word. I like it. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to like get people to in, who are in esports to be like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about if you spell esports wrong. Spell esports right. Two, uh, esports research is incredibly new. Um, if you are looking for an interesting research topic, oh my God, we have so much stuff to research. You want to do prevalence and incidence data? Cool. You want to do like qualitative assessments of player experience? Awesome. You want to look at communication patterns and languages used? Great. We need that too. There's enough papers out there now that you can absolutely cite them in your grant applications and people will pay you money to do this kind of work. Um, And if you want to pitch it to the government, just talk about how it relates to uh, drone piloting. Uh, Third thing that people should know about getting into esports. Esports is not a monolith. Um, Getting, taking these, taking this course will help you understand esports as a whole and even something about some games specifically. But being being understanding of esports means recognizing that you know it's recognizing that sports isn't a monolith either. It's you know the the NFL, knowing about the NFL does not mean that you know about the NBA. It does not mean you understand how right. ice skating works. Right. You have to understand the different games and their intricacies, and it's okay to not specialize in every single game. It's okay to you know know the ergonomic principles and then have one or two games that you really enjoy. You'll still be able to apply the the movement and the ergonomic principles across all of them but you might have an easier time making inroads in a game that you actually like. Cool. All right. That's three questions brought to you by our friends at uh, physical therapy balance centers. Again, physicalfranchise.com. Last thing we do on this niche Vember first niche Vember uh, episode is the parting shots. All right, parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They uh, released uh, their current concepts uh, of orthopedic physical therapy, their fifth edition. 
uh, the perfect roadmap to take for you from where you are, wherever you are, to confidently and competently take that OCS exam. So find out more at orthopt.org. All right, parting shot. You've done this before with your Captain America pint glass in hand. Yep. Uh, what's the last thing you want to leave in the audience's mind as we wrap up this first Niche Member episode? All right. Uh, if I can give everybody here one single piece of advice, it has absolutely nothing to do with esports. I guess it kind of has to do with PT, especially if you have a clinic. When it comes to things, don't put them down, put them away. Ooh, I like that. Don't put them down, put them away. I have a complete drawer in my office that's like this. I call them idea parts. It's like I got like 78% of an idea. Like, is it good enough to make? I'm like, no, but don't throw it away. Just or d- yep. put it away. Don't throw yep. it away. Yep. Same thing goes for like if uh, I think all of us who are working at desks or gaming at desks uh, inevitably end up with like a collection of things that just hang out on the desk because we put them down. We're like, ah, I can put it back later. You're not going to put it back later. You're going to leave it there on your desk for three days. So don't put it down, put it away. I like that. All right, Kate, thanks so much for being our uh, leadoff hitter here on uh, on Niche Member and giving us a brief inside look at esports. Uh, look for the link in the show notes to uh, to follow that link to find out all the cool things by the time this episode comes out yeah. that Kate was talking about. Uh, they say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Wow.